I practiced the dance that I was going to come out, but I was like rehearsing it, and I thought, I'll just wait for everyone's sake. Good morning, everybody. My name is Alex Barrett. I'm not the dancer of Ridgeview. I'm the lead pastor. Uh, We are so glad, and like Joel mentioned, uh, you're part of history, our first uh, nine o'clock service that we've ever had, and so we thank you for uh, waking up early on this overcast weather day. I'm sure it was a little tricky to get out of bed, but we're so glad you've decided uh, to join us, and we're launching a brand new series called No Offense, and uh, we're going to be talking about what do we do when we are offended, and the idea of no offense doesn't mean that offense will not exist in the world. It, it absolutely will. Um, even today, you might get offended. Uh, next week, you'll experience that. You might offend somebody else, and so the no offense is, is learning what do you do when offenses come so that you actually live with this life that you're not letting offenses and things people say or do stick and land on you that actually cause you to get off track for the life God has for you. Offenses will continue to happen as long as you're alive, as long as I'm alive. And I was thinking just in my own life of certain things that people have done um, that have offended me over time. And even with forgiveness, which God provides in the person of Christ, uh, you still remember things. And I was remembering a story uh, that happened in my life of a situation uh, over 20 years ago. I was on a mission trip in Southeast Asia. And part of our role was to really teach English. And we were uh, college students. I was in college and we were teaching English to these students who wanted to learn English, but also praying just for an opportunity to share about the difference that Jesus has made in our life. Many people in that part of the world, they, they've not even heard of Jesus. They don't know who he is. And so we were part of, of sharing that. And uh, we were building relationships and building bridges with uh, these students. And I began to talk about sports that I was involved in. And I said, you know, I, I played soccer growing up and in high school, and um, I love soccer. And the student just looked at me and said, how, how do you play soccer? You are very fat. <laughs> and I thought, um, first off, that hurt. That cut me deep. I didn't say that. And I, and I just, and then he says, I wish I was fat like you. No, it it wasn't an awe moment, okay? (laughs) And at that moment, I'm thinking, here I am trying to teach English to bridge, share the difference Jesus made, and all I want to do is let him have it. And I I did. I responded wrongly. And I kind of cut him because he he cut me. The reason I bring that up is that happened over 20 years ago, and I still remember it. And I still can picture this thing that happened in a span of five minutes And I began to think like all of these things, if you stack them up over a lifetime, when people say something to you or they do something to you, uh, even with forgiveness, uh, you have to deal emotionally with that. You have to try to move on. You have to try to figure out what you do if you've offended people and what do you do if people have offended you. And these things just land and land and land. And if we don't have a release valve, if we don't know how to respond rightly, uh, these things really do weigh us down. And so in this series, we're going to look over the course of the next five weeks of how we deal with these kinds of situations when a wrong has been done to us and you may have actually been offended or you've done that to others and you've offended them. What, what do you do to actually restore the relationship? And, and more importantly, how is God involved in repairing damage that's done when offenses occur in life? And so that's what we're gonna be covering. So what I wanna do is just preview where we're headed over the next five weeks. And on the front end, I just wanna invite you back because today we're digging in but we're going to be unpacking each week more of how we can live with no offense. And so today, uh, stop being offended. 
Uh, it's more than a title, and you can't just say that. Just stop being offended. And we actually need help. Uh, next week, we're talking about dealing with those people. We all have those people in our life. It could be the people that drive 50 in the fast lane, those people. And you can define those people for you, but, but we all have them. Uh, the week after that, you're not as right as you think. What do we do when we really believe we're right in a situation and another person thinks that they're right and you just can't see eye to eye? What, how does God help us in that? What does the Bible have to say about that? So we'll dig in there. October 23rd, we're gonna talk about bitterness. And what do we do when bitterness begins to take over? How do we find the renovation of the heart that God wants to bring? And how does he do that? And then we're gonna close out the series on October 30th talking about forgiveness, specifically when it seems impossible. And so we invite you to, to come back as we dig in uh, to these. But I was thinking just in my own life, and I wanna extend this to, to all of us, the different areas that, that we experience being offended. Uh, here's one that came to my mind. Uh, if you see people getting ahead, and they get ahead in the wrong ways for the wrong reasons. That can sometimes get us angry. Today, the focus is on offense that leads to the reaction of anger. And I see that. I, th- I see people that are doing things the wrong way, treating people the wrong way, and they seem to keep getting ahead. You see that in the world? There's a part of you that's just, that's not right. Why does it keep happening? We could be offended by that. Another one is uh, maybe someone said something like I already shared, and it hurt you, and you felt insulted and you experience just the anger that comes from, from even being hurt. Have you ever had a goal, something that you wanted to see happen, and someone blocked it? They may have blocked it on pers- purpose or not, happened on accident, but you wanted something to go a certain way, and it didn't. That happens in my life all the time. Many times I have goals for other people that they don't know about. That's called Expectations. But we can get really offended when people don't align with the expectations we have for them, even if they don't know it. So that can lead to being angry. And then if you're married, you have kids, you can live in an environment again and again, day after day, where it just seems like conflict erupts on a daily basis. Somebody says something, somebody looks at someone the wrong way, and just conflict erupts. And our homes can be filled with discord. Everyone just kind of wants to get away from each other. And and that can be normal. And these are people that we love dearly. So all of us, we have things, whether it's done to us, whether we're we're doing it to others, whether it's people we know personally, people we live with, or even people that we see from afar. All of these things can really get into our life in a way that causes us to get off track, that weighs us down, and really gets our thoughts on the wrong things. And as our thoughts are on the wrong things, and as we stew on the offenses, what ends up happening is our heart begins to to go in that direction. And that becomes our focus. That becomes what we do. Uh, And so I want to talk about uh, the two responses and what to do. So this is just a survey, which will be like 50% of you probably. How many of you, when you get angry because somebody's offended you, uh, you, you tend to explode? Okay, good. There's people that are honest right? You know, and there's two types. You, you, get, you get angry and you go outward and you can explode. The explosion happens in what you say and what you do. Uh, do you, you have angry face? Anybody? I knew some people that had angry face. The lip quivers. Uh-oh. That's a lip quiver. You step away. You see the lip quiver. Red. When the veins start popping, 
you start jogging, okay? You can write that down, but if veins start popping, you start jogging. Um, that's, that's outward. It leads to explosions. But there's anger that happens, and it's inward. How many of you, where you don't let it be known, and it, it's, it's kind of imploding, okay? The people that just raise their hands, just pay attention. You may not always know. But they're both real, and they're both reactions to offenses fueled by anger. And one's not better than the other. They, they still can deteriorate and corrode our life, whether you explode or whether you implode. The impact is the same. Now, if you tend to explode, you can maybe hurt people a little quicker, but the implosion just means over time, that bitterness begins to really build and the relationships still deteriorate. So the good news is we don't have to just deal with that. Like, yep, I'm an exploder or I'm an imploder, but we can have help. And what I want to talk about today is this main idea that I want you to just kind of keep in your mind because this will be helpful, and it's this. An angry reaction loses traction. If you can just kind of remember that and just write that down and just try to remember that. An angry reaction loses traction. God actually wants you and me and all of us to experience traction in life. That is to make progress, to grow, to be the person that he wants you to be. But if you never learn how to deal with anger specific to when you're offended, you cannot make progress. And what tends to happen is if your angry reaction is what your default is, you'll just keep living the same life over and over again. And your relationships, they, they don't grow either. And you don't grow. And you feel stuck in the same place. An angry reaction loses traction. So what God wants to do is for us to recognize we offend people, they offend us, but it's in the reaction that makes the difference. Again, we can't wipe away offenses, they're going to happen, but it's the reaction that makes the difference. And an angry one causes us to lose traction. So what I want to do is I want to focus mainly today on one verse and one verse only. I'm going to read a couple others, but this one verse, if you can memorize this, get this into your life, this will be a help. This is what it says. It says, know this, James 1.19, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. This is one of the probably the first verses that impacted me when I was 15 years old. My dad and I went to a men's conference and they were speaking on this topic of anger. And my dad is very honest and he admitted, you know, that anger was something that he had struggled with. And he turned to me as this speaker was talking about anger in this verse. And he says, like, let's memorize this together. And I remember it was like the first time where God's word really came alive. And it painted a picture of the type of person that I wanted to be. And it's this, somebody who reacts differently, somebody who thinks, somebody who makes sure that what they do is in a line and in a way that pleases God. And so what I want to do is talk about how we can become these type of people and how if we do have an angry reaction and our traction is lost, the key question is, well, how do we regain traction? And I want to tell you this. You may have grown up in a family where anger was really normal, outbursts, resentment, people just having offenses, not talking about it. This can happen in families. This can happen in churches. This happens in the workplace. Over time, you have dysfunctional relationships because all of these angry reactions happen and no one talks about it and makes it right. 
The good news is, no matter how long you've been walking with God, even if you're investigating what it means to follow Christ, he meets you right where you are and he will help you. You can begin to live a different type of life as you do it his way. That's the hope we have in a relationship with Christ. He made the new way possible. So you could beat yourself up. I know I struggle with beating myself up. Myself up. I'm gonna beat myself up that I said that. But instead of that, it's really, well, how, how do we move forward with, with a different response, with, with God's help? So I want you to think of two words, quick, slow, slow. How you regain traction is, is those two words that are three, uh, quick, slow, slow, right? We gotta be quick and we gotta be slow and we gotta be slow again. But I wanna actually focus this in reverse order because if we're talking about offenses, that anger comes first. So if you wanna regain traction in your life, in your relationships, and you want to open yourself up to God speaking to you and leading you, this is very important. So the first is this. Uh, you have to learn to be slow to anger. I don't know about you. My default, this scripture that we just read, is counterintuitive. My default is to be quick to anger. Oftentimes, the scriptures hit us on the side of the head with just something that's very different. You have to be quick, not to anger, but to listen but it starts with this being slow that allows that to happen. And that's why we start there. So being slow to anger. The word slow there in the original language actually has this connotation of, of your, your dull. Like the idea is you, you have thick skin. Has anybody ever told you that? Now, husbands, I don't recommend you telling your wife. This would all be better if you had thick skin. Because if you really think that's true and she might, that won't help her. But you may have had somebody tell you that. You may have seen, wow, you're so sensitive. It's not talking about that. It's not talking about just ignoring wrong people have done. In fact, there is righteous anger that's right over injustice. There's righteous anger that comes from when things and people do what's contrary to God. It's righteous anger. But most of the time, the anger we struggle with is, is when things are wrong to us, things that we take offense at. And so the, the being dull is, is you allow offenses to not throw you off. You allow offenses not to be just so quick to, to react in a defensive way. That's very difficult. We learn at a young age, if you look at any playground with young toddlers on it, somebody takes a toy, you don't see a toddler say, you know what? I see why you wanted to take that toy. It's a great toy. That's why I picked it. But you know what? I've had a turn. It's, it's, it's your turn to play with the toy. Have you, have you seen that before? What happens if a toddler gets a toy taken? They take the toy right back and maybe even give you a little smack across the head <laughs> just for good measure. Very interesting. They learn that. Did they teach that? No, I, I think that's in our heart. People take something from us. They do something to us. We want to do it back. So what the scripture is saying is, is you, have to, you have to be dull. You have to allow, in some ways, to take offenses at times. And it's the connotation of this patient, you're you're patient with people. It doesn't mean you're a doormat. doesn't mean you you allow abuse to happen. doesn't mean you let people walk all over you. But it does realize that there's maybe more going on here than just my reaction and anger. I need to consider some things. So being slow to anger is is very important. And why? Because the scriptures say this, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. In James, before this verse, He's talking about how do you become the type of person 
that allows God's word to speak to you so it gets in you and so you live a different life. And so he's speaking of this this growth that happens as we do life God's way. And then in verse 19, he he shifts, and it seems like this sudden shift. But I, I think this is so key because to allow God's word and his ways to really root in you and you live a different life, it happens in this area of offense and anger and how we react. And so if you can go back to that verse, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness. The righteousness of God is, is God's ways and his timing and his, his procedures. And that's what he wants for you. He wants righteousness, his way of living, to be the way that you live, for you to live differently, counterintuitively to our culture, counterintuitively oftentimes to even what we want. But that's the righteous life God calls us to and is made possible through Jesus. But man's anger, our reaction Payback, bitterness, it doesn't produce that life. I think we all know that, right? Intuitively, we can see, even in our own life, when bitterness is taking root, when we're offended easily, like, it doesn't produce oftentimes good fruit. Oftentimes it's rotten, it's smelly, it's gross. So James is reminding us, listen, when you get quick uh, to anger, it's like looking under the water in the ocean. You ever done that before? Like, I don't need goggles. And then you open it, you're like, oh my goodness, yeah, I do. You can't see anything. It's unclear. It stings. It's blurry. That's what anger does. It actually causes us to not see what's happening. And that's not what God wants. So the first, we have to be slow to anger. And this happens as we read and respond to situations. Every time there's a situation in our life, a circumstance, something happens, we're reading it. Like, what's going on here? What is this person doing? What do I need to do? And then we respond based on our read. They offended me. My read is, I need to offend them back because they offended me. Then you respond in line with that. So what James is saying is if you're slow to anger, your read and response is like putting on goggles in the ocean now and you can see a little bit clearer. Your anger is not clouding your judgment. It's not causing you to do things that you're going to regret. It's not causing you to to say things that you're going to wish you never said. Anger produces all those types of reactions. So that read and response is really important. Uh, Proverbs 14, 17, I'm not going to read it, but that might be a good verse for you to look at. It says, quick temper leads to foolish things. Have you ever done something in your life out of anger that you regretted? All of us have, right? Where you're like, oh man, that felt so right and I've never been so wrong. But that anger, it just causes you to do something and you're quick to anger, it leads to foolish things. If you're slow to anger, there's actually some wisdom that can come. And sometimes that means not even doing anything. That's the dullness. So sometimes you may not do anything and that could be wisdom for you. So that's the first, be slow. The second, the second slow is be slow uh, to speak. And this is the same word as being slow to anger, this, this dullness. I've shared this before, but I grew up in a family where uh, being witty and having a comeback and always something to say was valued. And I learned this as a kid. I'd see people react and how people enjoyed what other people said, even if it was you know, putting other people down. And I learned at a young age, like I just have to insert myself just like that. 
And so I, I grew with always kind of having a response, always being able to, to have the last word. Somebody does something, I can do something back. And it was like, that's how we operate in our, in our family. Thankfully, over the years, we, we've, we've had to change that, even with my parents and siblings realizing like that really doesn't make for good relationships. We've had to clear a lot of things up over the years. And by God's grace, we have great relationships today. But there were some things that needed to change, and it was on this. We, we were very quick to speak as a family growing up. And that's still in me. And it might be in you. Somebody says something to you that offends you, and here's some quick responses. Usually when we're quick to speak, we, uh, we're defensive. If somebody says something to you, do you go to that, like how to defend yourself? That's pretty normal. Another is... Uh, sarcastic. I'm going to tell you the way I feel, but in a sarcastic way, so it doesn't sound as harsh. We do that. Uh, cutting, we just just bash people. Uh, we're harsh, or like I I, I said, we're, we're we're witty. So those are the outward. Now, the inward happens as well. If you're an inward imploder with anger, oftentimes you're speaking this to yourself. Still is damaging. Why would that person say that? I can't stand them. And you, you're resentful. You judge. You're angry inside. And so part of this being slow to speak is also being slow to tell you yourself the wrong things. We can be so quick to tell us about people and put them in their place inside. But we need to be slow, slow to speak inwardly and outwardly. A Proverbs ten nineteen, I think this is on the screen, says this. When words are many, transgressions is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Sometimes in a situation where you're in reactive mode and the anger is brewing, it's often best, like, how about we just take a little break and not keep talking? I love the beginning of this. This is like, this is a word for people who talk a lot. I'm one of them. For extroverts. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, meaning the more you talk, the more you're going to find yourself in trouble. You experience this? But notice the second part. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. That word restrains literally means you hold them back. Now, what's very interesting is the words are there. They've come to your mind but you don't let those lips open and you don't let them come out. You're like, I really want to say this. Oh man, this is going to be so good. I, this is, I, the timing is right here, is right now. And you need to remember this, but I need to restrain. I need to hold them back. I need to close the drawbridge of my mouth and not say anything. Because why? You're prudent. Prudent means circumspect. It's not a word that we use a lot. Circumspect means you see in a way like a 360-degree angle of the situation. And I realized that if I don't say what I want to say, it feels at the time that it's going to hurt me because I just want to say it to them. I want to put them in their place. But to be prudent as you restrain your tongue means, you know what, if I hurt them, that's actually not leading to the righteousness of God. And if I'm not walking in the righteousness of God and his ways, then that hurts me. And so you realize that oftentimes when you hurt people, you think it's going to benefit yourself. It actually hurts you as well. 
And so prudence is seeing that, you know, this reaction, although it feels maybe at the time even righteous, and this reaction even feels right, you see that it's going to lead you down a path that will not help you, it will not help them, and it doesn't lead to that righteous life that God calls us to. And so we have to be slow to anger, and we have to be slow to speak. And that leads us up to the third, slow, slow, quick. Be quick uh, to listen. Now, this is another like self-survey. You don't even have to identify this. How many of you would say you're a good listener? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's even harder to listen in our media technology age. You ever been talking to somebody and you're, you know, you're, not only do we have a phone that buzzes, we have a watch that buzzes, at least the necklace to the earrings to the thing implanted in our head and all buzzes at once. And somebody's talking to you and you're just like, hi, I'm, I'm trying to listen to you, but somebody just texted me and I don't know what it says. And would it be rude if I just looked at my watch to read it as you're talking to me? And then is it okay to press the mic and just tell them my response while you're talking to me? It's very easy to be distracted and not listen to people. But in the context of James, he's not just talking about the conversation and listening to others. He's actually saying when you're slow to anger and when you're slow to speak, you're actually quick to hear from God. Again, the context is God's word getting into your life. So when you're slow to react and you're slow to put people in their place, you're actually quick to hear from God, to allow God to speak to you. And that's really what we need. In the moment, we need God to speak to us, to help us. There's a couple of verses that have been helpful for me. Psalm 37, 7 through 9, Proverbs 15, 1. You may want to write those down to look at. But as I shared earlier, if, if you're ever feeling upset or angry at people that seem to be getting ahead with the wrong agenda in the wrong ways, Psalm 37 really speaks to that. And it's actually this patience that I'll have in knowing that God will take care of that situation. Sometimes we take offenses that aren't even ours to take. You ever done that in your life? We have stewardships. That's things that God's given you to take care of. And then there's stewardships that are outside your stewardship. But we can easily take that stewardship that's not ours and be offended by it. And then we don't even have God's grace because it's not our stewardship. And so Psalm 37 is, is, if you see these things happening that you think are wrong, if you see these things happening where people are getting ahead, wait patiently for the Lord. And he will make it right. In those moments, God can speak to you and, and you can remember that. Like, you know what, Psalm 37. God can make this right. He will work this out. I don't need to be concerned. It's not my stewardship. Another scripture is Proverbs 15.1. I would imagine over this next week, somebody may say something to you that bothers or irritates you. You, you guys agree? First service, you guys are awake or what? Like, We need the cinnamon. We need that sugar. But oftentimes, like, again, somebody says something, and then I want to respond. In Proverbs 15, 1, another scripture to consider, a gentle answer turns away wrath. A harsh word stirs up anger. If you're quick to listen to God in the moment, and you're reminded of that scripture, and you restrain, and you even gentle in your response, 
the wrath is turned down. That means anger is turned down. But if you respond harshly, the anger is turned up. And that's like a case study that we all experience every week. If somebody's angry, and then we get angry because they're angry, you don't just step back and say, well, that was crazy. You're angry. I'm angry. Let's stop. No, right? It's, it just, the wages keep going up. And it gets hotter and hotter and hotter. Even in, in my own life, we were playing a board game this past week. I know. Don't. You want to test the love in your family. <laughs> play games. I mean, we, we can play games and then we play games and then that leads to more games. You get what I mean? <laughs> and, and there was a situation and I, and I, I was frustrated and, and I'm just, you know, and I'm like, this is a game and family bonding and just just happens just like that. But the way I responded wasn't, wasn't the best. I got a little upset. And so when you consider the scriptures, God, God will speak to you. A gentle answer turns away wrath. So, as I close out, I want to just give you a few things that you can apply in your own life. Here at Ridgeview, like Joel said, we want everyone to take their next step. And God wants to speak to you in this area of being offended and angry. And how do we react? Reminder, an angry reaction loses traction. So maybe you, you just need to focus on memorizing like James 1.19. I just need to get that into my life. I need to memorize it today. And just kind of start your day with that. Like make that the start of your day. God, help me today to be quick to listen, slow to anger, and slow to speak. I want your righteousness to be produced in my life. You could start your day with that. And it will be a battle, but you could start with just that frame of mind. And so I, I encourage you, you know, you may want to, to memorize that. For some of you, it's a read and response issue. God, will you help me to read what's happening, and respond rightly. You may want to consider Psalm 37 like I shared or Proverbs 15 and just, God, help me to see what's going on, to restrain my tongue and allow you to do your work as you want. And then there may be some of you that have not yet decided to commit your life to Christ yet, to become a Christian. What I'm talking about, the righteousness of God that he wants to produce in your life, that can only happen when you decide to follow Jesus fully. In fact, being slow to speak and quick to listen and slow to anger, this fully develops as you commit your life to Christ. You can make some progress, but you need Jesus, his power working in you for that to happen. And so this issue of offense, it actually starts with our offense of God. Like we've offended him by sinning and doing things our own way and not deciding to follow him. So if that's you, you can decide today that you want to commit your life to Christ, to follow him for the very first time. And if you've never done that, and you've kind of been holding back, and you keep trying to do life your own way on your own power, you can decide to follow him. And it begins with dealing with that offense to him. Like, God, forgive me for, for sinning against you and trying to do life without you. The good news is Christ has already done what is necessary. He, he died to pay the price for our sin, for our offense, and he's forgiven it. And as we accept that forgiveness and his grace, we can really live like these people with no offense. So first, if that's you, uh, mark that on your connection card if you want to become a follower of Christ for the first time. Uh, the second, like I mentioned, memorize uh, James 1.19. 
And then third, uh, I just want to invite you to come back for the rest of the series. Now look around, we actually have some room. And so who could you invite to come next week for this series? As the band comes up, I'm going to pray, but I encourage you to hang out a little bit after the service at the Next Step table. Enjoy your cinnamon rolls. There's more coffee out there. Uh, meet some people that you've never met. If I've never met you, I'd love to, to meet you. But in this area, if we can live as people and as a church, as people who are dull to offense and we, we allow God's work in us, we can really make a difference in our community. So I encourage you to come back. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your presence for this just monumental day of two services. Thank you for all of these men and women here. God, this is your church. You're leading us forward. We thank you for the strength and the power that you give us. God, I just thank you for all of our volunteers who've worked tirelessly over just the last few months to make this happen. For those that woke up early and will stay here late, God, I pray that you will bless them today. And God, I thank you for the work that you did on the cross through your son, Jesus, who's allowed our offense to you to be wiped away and to be clean. And the model that we have is to live like people with grace as you have extended to us. As we close out today and as we sing, God, I pray that you'll stir in us a desire to walk with you righteously. We pray this in the name of Jesus, amen.